Welcome to Yours, Mine, and Ours. My name is Gabrielle Cardona, and I'm a relationship coach and an MBTI practitioner. Over the last 15 years as a coach, I've worked with individuals and couples. The theme that has continued to come up as I teach people how to more successfully manage their life based on their personality profile is relationships. All kinds of relationships. People care very much about people. No matter what they say to me when they first walk into my office, by the time we're done with their coaching program, they knew that the people in their lives were making it either better or worse. The people in their life mattered more to them than they even thought when they first met me. So first, I help people understand themselves better because it's only then that they're able to truly accept and appreciate others. That's the key to connecting with others in a meaningful way. It's actually about creating peace within yourself first. So in my show, I address themes with my listeners who can't afford to hire a coach like me personally for themselves. That includes themes like, what are truly healthy relationships made of? And what specifically makes a relationship successful? And what does a successful relationship even look like? It's so rare these days, I probably wouldn't even know it if it was looking at me right in the face. The bottom line, relationships are a connection that creates an interaction between two people. That connection actually consists of a three-part interaction between them. There's a physical interaction and a mental interaction and an emotional interaction. But that means that three different entities exist, which involves activity in each of those three different interactions. Those three entities are two individual people separately because they each have their own physical and mental and emotional composition. But the third entity is a separate one that they create when they come together. It's completely separate and distinct from each of them as individual people when they're apart. They actually change when they're together because they have combined to create a unique dynamic between them. So each week in my show, I help people learn how to become better individuals, distinct and separate from any other person in the world. And then I cover what goes into bringing out the best in someone else when you come together with them in a relationship. And that includes all kinds of relationships, ones with lovers, and friends, family, and co-workers, and even strangers. So now it's time to better understand what's yours, what's mine, and what's ours. Welcome to the show. Now, I usually invite my listeners to call in and ask questions, but today I'm going to be covering a lot of information about a pretty heavy topic. So I'm just going to invite my listeners to post their questions on the BBS website on my page, yours, mine, and ours, and I'll periodically check to see if anyone has anything to contribute. So since I'm going to be covering a lot of stuff today, let's get to it. The theme of my show today is the fallacy of feminism. Okay, I know I'm getting some reactions in my listeners. I haven't even explained it. Just feminism in itself is a pretty hot topic. But here's the bottom line. Men and women will never be equal. They should never be equal. They should never want to be equal. 
because they're too different to ever be compared with each other in the first place. They are built, now whether you believe that's created or evolved, to be complementary. They are specifically designed to be different in many specific ways. Even the word equality is misleading because the inherent fallacy of equality as a concept, it sounds like it's about quality, equality, right? But it's not. It's all about quantifying, quantifying human value. That means something pretty important. Equality is actually harmful to people because it's about placing a quantitative value on a human life, someone's value individually, as well as their value to society as a whole. And the premise of feminism is that men and women are equal in value. They're not. They never have been, and they never will be, for the basic reason that human value cannot be quantified. Should it ever be? Well, let's think about this. The fundamental way that humans quantify things in their life? Money. They literally put a price on things and people, as well as services and experiences. That kind of currency is destructive to humanity because it creates an erroneous sense of value. People think that if something has a high price, then it must be of a high quality. They think that if something is expensive, that means it's valuable. If it requires paying a higher price in order to be had, that must mean that it's just a better thing, right? Wrong. Period. Because while that may be true with some, not all, physical objects, it's never true with people. Human value is very subjective, and opinions are extremely different. What means something to one person may be very different um, from what it means to someone else. What one person is willing to do or be for someone may be very different from what someone else would be willing to do or be for that exact same person. Value, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. Something is only worth what someone else is willing to give for it. But humans aren't always worth what they're paid, are they? So let's take a look at it from maybe a different perspective then. What if monetary currency didn't even exist? How would your life be different if you didn't ever have to pay for anything with money? The only way that products and services were provided was by means of trade. You had to do or be or give something in exchange for what you were asking. What would you trade? And what would you be willing to trade for? Okay, well now, what if it was just about happiness? Okay, there was maybe a kind of a quantitative currency that was about your positive emotional energy. You could accumulate sort of a a kind of liquid that was produced by means of your positive mental and emotional state. The happier and more fulfilled you were as a person, the more liquid you had to exchange for things. What would you do with your time and energy in order to create the happiness juice, the happiness liquid? And how much of your happiness juice would you give for the things that you wanted? 
how much would you give for the things that you needed? The differences between food and clothing and shelter and pleasure and entertainment. Okay, so what does this have to do with feminism? The inherent fallacy of feminism, the origin of it. It was created as a way to deal with men who are horrible people. They did not treat women with respect or dignity. They did not appreciate the value of a woman's contributions to the world. They didn't understand and appreciate the differences between men and women. And they did not value the things that are best about a woman. Women wanted to make a statement that would inevitably actually create division and friction in the world. The statement they were trying to make was, I don't need you. You need me and I'll prove it to you. You'll feel stupid for making me feel bad. I'll be better than you. I'll be successful and I'll put you in your place. Okay, well, the problem with that, first of all, it's extremely negative. So that just makes it really bad to begin with. But the bottom line, it's just not true. In the context of survival, human survival, women do need men. And bottom line, men don't need women in order to survive. Now think about this. Men are incredibly simple creatures. They do need food and clothing and shelter in order to not die. Okay? Food, clothing, and shelter. They can get all of those things for themselves, by themselves. They will not die without a woman. They'll just probably be a whole lot less happy. <laughs> but women do need men for their survival. They are, by constitution, a weaker vessel. And the world, physically, in nature, and culturally, in society, has certain dynamics that demand the strengths and abilities and functions of men in order to just keep going. Okay, just the basic functionality. What women provide to the world is icing on the cake. We improve the quality of life, the actual experience. Thrive, not just survive. We're not talking about quantity of life per se. The quality of it. That makes their priorities very different. And it makes their functions very different. It makes their perspectives very different. Men from women. It can be summarized in the following statements. Men want to be needed. Women need to be wanted. But feminism forced the world to reverse those things and see them as interchangeable. Well, women uh, need to be needed and men, men want to be wanted. No, actually, that's not true. Women are not needed by men in order for men to be functional survivors. Women need men. But men want women in a much more intense way than women will ever want men. So I like to use the following example, sort of an analogy. And my husband really likes this too. <laughs> men are like water. They, they want to be needed like water. Women are like wine. Women need to be wanted. Okay, let's just, let's just compare the two. Bottom line. Which one's more important, water or wine? Okay, well, maybe so you don't die, water's more important. But which one's better? Okay, I got, I got a few reasons I could say wine. Which one's more valuable? Here we go, putting it back to quantitative value. Okay, you know what? The bottom line, 
women are what makes life better. Not just continue, but like a delicious beverage, wine, fruit juice with just enough alcohol to bring pleasure. The smell and the taste and the feelings, the physical and emotional experiences. Even after it's consumed, do you know it also keeps the body healthy? Science studies have shown that one to two glasses of wine every day help you not only stay healthy, but happy to prosper as a soul. Now, let's, let's think about this in terms of relationships. If a man is a drunk, he's not going to appreciate fine wine. He's a, he's a piece of trash kind of guy, okay? If he's a connoisseur and a gentleman, he will appreciate fine wine. He'll take good care of it. He'll savor it and hold it in high value. He would never do things that a drunk would. The key, ladies, find a man who knows that you're worth a whole lot of money and he'll be willing to pay whatever you're worth, whatever you think you're worth, whatever you need in order to stay in a high quality state. Guys, gentlemen out there, my listeners, what would you give for a truly high quality woman in your life who brings you pleasure and makes your health better and improves the quality of your life? Well, okay. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> What's a high quality, like a fine wine woman? What does that mean in, in practical terms? Okay, well, the key to a man's pleasure and appreciation when it comes to something like a wine, it's about moderation. In a small amount, a man will always want a high quality woman. Being high quality as a person, as a woman, means you don't need to have a high quantity. You don't need to constantly be giving to him, constantly taking care of him, constantly trying to satisfy him because you as a very high quality entity in small amounts, moderate amounts, and just periodically are going to make his entire life better. And when he does savor you and appreciate you, it will be in a profound way. You won't need to constantly tend to him like a child or like a drunk. You can be very, very high quality in very moderate amounts. How much, you know, how much is a high quality bottle of wine worth? Well, why? <laughs> it can be a, it can be thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds. Yes, you can go to the grocery store and get one for $5.99 on sale, but... How do you become a better quality woman? Do you take the time? Does it even make a difference to a man if a woman is high quality or low quality? Yeah, it really does. How do you become a better quality woman? And how much when you do, when you are truly, and you know in your heart, ladies, that you are high quality, how much are you willing to ask for? No, I'm not going to give you the best of my best of my fabulousness until you not only appreciate me, but treat me well, you put in the investment. Okay, well, a high quality woman, one of the, the things that makes her high quality, she knows how to be good with the fact that she'll only be enjoyed for about two hours a day. She does not need to be the bulk of his time or attention. Knowing that when he's with her, 
he is completely engrossed with her and pleasured by her. And he's thinking about her, maybe dreaming about her, imagining her when she's nowhere around. And you know what? Even too much of her will kind of turn him stupid and useless. So there is such thing as enough of a woman. <laughs> Absence does make the heart grow fonder. Okay. Unlike water, how much water do you actually need every day? You need a lot. And we're going to get into it later. How much do you have to pay for water? Sometimes nothing. <laughs> okay. But keep in mind, high quality woman. Okay. If a man is happy with a woman, he absolutely will want her for those two hours a day, those two glasses a day, maybe up to 12, 16 ounces. But that has to be because the good in her outweighs the bad. The pleasure that she brings him needs to exceed the pain that she creates in his life. Okay, now think about this. Let's just take an inventory of all the things. Let's say it's the men first. Okay, men. You have a lady in your life that you love very much. If you had to write a list of the pros and the cons, do you know in your heart that all of the things you love about her, her, her gifts and strengths and abilities and the pleasure she brings to your life, is that significantly more than the frustration and the pain and the angst and the irritation that she causes you? Okay, well, ladies, let's be honest now. Think about the relationship that you're in. How many hours in the day do you know that your husband, your boyfriend, your lover, whatever, is thinking of you in a positive way, getting a really good emotional and physical sensation, whether it's directly with you or just thinking about you, from you, and how much of it is... Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Do I have to <laughs> just... I just really, I love you, honey. I just can't handle you right now. Okay, well, then let's look at it from this perspective. The next point. If a woman is truly happy with her man, two hours a day of quality time will be enough for her, right? If she does have good quality just with her man as a relationship, she's not going to need more than two hours of his attention and approval and appreciation every single day in order to be healthy and happy and fulfilled. Women are inherently about being and doing high quality things in their life consistently. I've always said this in different contexts for different reasons, but it's continuously and consistently the same principle. It's better to have two ounces of platinum than two tons of fertilizer. If the relationship in general is a platinum experience for both people, then exclusive time with pointed focus directly only on them is not necessary past a certain point. She is high yield as a person and she's got her own fulfillment and satisfaction being a high yield, high quality soul. So she doesn't need him in order to fill her soul. One of the things that I always tell people, I've been married almost 26 years now. We don't ever take vacations. We don't need to take vacations because our life 
is healthy and happy and productive, it's not something stressful or overwhelming or exhausting or frustrating that we need a vacation from. Are you, as an element of your relationship, something positive and healthy and happy, creating a good experience? Or are you someone or something that creates things that someone would need a vacation from? Are you your partner's daily recovery time, a restoration of their energy? Anybody can ask themselves that question, but really it's about being honest in your answer. Now, this is what I love to bring up. If a woman truly is worth it, really good, high quality as a woman, as a soul, as a partner, a man will pay the price to give her what she needs. Okay, now what she needs, let's think about this. When I say that, it's about personal care and a balanced lifestyle. That means in order to be a very high quality woman, she needs rest and exercise when she needs it. And she can ask for it. She doesn't have to be selfish or immature. She knows that saying, I need to exercise, I need to rest, I need to take care of myself, I need to do things for my emotional happiness with friends, maybe entertainment. You know what? If a woman really is confident about her beauty because she's healthy and happy, she will laugh and be pleasurable to be around. Thinking about this, is a man willing to make sacrifices in order for her to look and feel better and more beautiful and more happy? Absolutely. What's he going to do? Say, no, I'm not going to give you the time and the space that you need in order to take care of yourself. Because he knows <laughs> that when she is hard to be around, I've said this before, even the Bible says it's better to sleep on the roof than with a witchy woman, a naggy wife. Ask any man, a random man. <laughs> if she invests in herself and she becomes higher quality, would you give the love of your life what she's asking for? I still have yet to find a man who say no. No, I would much rather have a naggy, ugly, miserable woman in my life <laughs> if it's going to save me a few bucks and if I can have her at my beck and call 24-7. Men don't need women all the time. Women need the time and energy and work to feel good, to feel healthy, to feel happy because we are high yield. Okay, yes, we can be a little bit high maintenance if we are going to consistently yield, produce, be very, very high quality, okay? How does she become better in her activity, in her attitude, in her quality? Being happy. That's simple enough. Now, this is something that I always love to talk about. Men can get addicted to us much faster and easier than we could ever get addicted to them. And once we have him, he's ours forever. Men are very romantic, believe it or not, and they do like women and they do love women. The only problem is feminism kind of turned women witchy and into a pain and into a nuisance because it gave them an attitude problem. And you know what? Men just don't have a very high threshold for that stuff. When a woman is 
a good thing, a pleasurable thing to be around, a man needs and wants a woman exponentially more (laughs) than a woman does a man. We can do then a lot more damage to men than they can do to us. Women, we can do mentally, emotionally, and physically more damage to a man with our intense feelings, with our hmm, demands, with our manipulation and games that we play. Men are such simple creatures. And we're going to get into this after the break that, you know, water, men are water. Yeah, that's important. Women are wine. What can do more damage to a body? Excess water or excess wine? And bad water, dirty water? Hmm. How about poisoned wine? Okay, so let's think about things like um, songs about how men fall in love with a woman. Not just in English, but in, in different languages and different cultures. The fact is, men do fall in love really hard and really, really deep and for life. You know what? I, I actually did an inventory the other day. I was going through some of my favorite 80s songs. Most of the songs that women sing are about were about anger and power and I'm going to take it back and, and I don't need you and I'm a woman. And it, But you know what? A lot of the ones that men sang were about, I love you and I would do anything for you. Yeah. Didn't really think about that. Well, I did once in a while, but it just meant something different to me as I was preparing for my show today. Yeah, my husband is Mexican and they're pretty romantic. They do like giving women long stem roses and they do like being, I don't want to say seductive, we'll say romantic, right? (laughs) And when a woman is really enjoying those kinds of things, men are pretty good at that stuff. Okay, so we're going to take a break here in, in a second, but before we take a break, I want you to think about some things. Men are important, yes, like water, but so are women like wine. Let's take a look at each of them for different reasons. Now, whether you think they're from Mars and Venus or just fruits from a different tree, we're going to take a look at the pros and cons of water and wine. My name is Gabrielle Cardona and this is yours, mine, and ours. BBS Radio. Welcome back to yours, mine, and ours. I'm Gabrielle Cardona, your host today. This is a kind of a touchy subject for some people more than others. It's about feminism and value, human value. Could men and women ever truly be equal? Well, before we went to the break, I was talking about the difference between water and wine. Okay, so now let's let's go back to, again, value, quantifying. Let's go ahead and just quantify value to get it out of the way. What is water worth? Well, I went to the store and I looked at everything from, hmm, let's see, the, the really, really expensive bottled water that, yes, we all know where it's from, in case of mountains in France somewhere, I think. Um, yeah, it could be up to 10 cents per ounce. But you know what? When you get the gallon, it's eight tenths of one cent per ounce. That's 0.008 
dollars per ounce. Okay, so 100 ounces is 80 cents. It's 99 cents a gallon. That's not even one penny. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're talking about wine. Okay, now uh, let's see a good wine. $3.50 to $75 per ounce. That's 5,000 times more expensive than water. Okay, so I think we can just all agree that as far as monetary value, wine is worth more than water. Okay, a lot more expensive, a lot more valuable. Well, let's take a look at the benefits of water. Actually, I read an article about how warm water is even better than... Um, cold or maybe tepid, room temperature water. Some of the things that warm water consumed every day is good for, it improves digestion. It relieves constipation. It treats nasal congestion. It increases the metabolism, actually helps you lose weight. It flushes out toxins. It can help prevent menstrual cramps. Did you know that warm water, drinking warm water can prevent menstrual cramps? I didn't know that <laughs> until very recently. Um, it improves circulation, increasing healthy activity in your life, and it's great for your complexion. Okay, so those are all very good things. And yes, if you don't drink water, you'll dehydrate and you'll die. Okay, we've established water is vital in order to not die. But you know what? Good, clean water does a lot of good things. I've just listed eight different things that good, clean water is good for. Okay, but here's the deal. Men need to invest in us because you know what? Hey, well, there's water in wine. Well, yeah, because there's water in grapes because you know what? Okay, the fact is, yes, we do need water. <laughs> water is part of who we are, but men need to invest in us in a different way. Men can do the things that they do in daily life. They're important things. They get things done in daily life. But when men give us what we need, we become a higher quality product. Actually, the way wine can improve and increase quality and value and all those good things with time, it's the investment and genuine interest. Now, a man will have no problem giving in order to get something better in in their life, something of very high quality. Ladies, do you have a problem with asking for the time and resources that you need and want and deserve that you know if you had, you could become very high quality? Now think about this, because high yield, that means if you're giving high quality things and maybe even a higher quantity of them, that is usually high maintenance. It's, it's just more high maintenance than a man. Let's think about what a man needs. Again, he's got some pretty basic needs. And as long as his basic stuff is being taken care of, he really doesn't have a whole lot of other stuff that you need to tend to. Well, we're a little bit more complex. We're a little bit more complicated in things that we do and things that we need. You cannot compare when in, men and women. Let's just say that again. We have nothing in common when it comes to what we do or what we need. Now, think about this. I did some research on red wine because there's lots of different kinds of wine, but red wine, eight ounces a day. They say that, you know what they say? That's minimum. That's really what's going to keep you healthy. Women should stick to about eight ounces a day. Men can go up to 12 to 16 ounces per day, depending on his size and his activity and his diet, other things like that. But, okay, do you know what? Wine would lower your cholesterol. 
Well, you know, water improves your digestion, but lowering your cholesterol? How about protecting your heart? Well, you know what? Water flushes out your toxins. Well, that's the same thing. Wine protects your heart in a totally different way. Did you know that red wine helps you control your blood sugar? But you know, water increases your metabolism. Well, that's good too. That's good for your health too. Red wine can boost your brain activity. There are specific ways that that happens. If you ever want to look it up, just go ahead and Google benefits of red wine. How about number five? It strengthens your immune system. You actually fight diseases better when you drink red wine. Well, you know, water encourages your circulation. Okay, well, red wine prevents cancer. It also helps you maintain a healthy weight, not just removing weight, okay? It actually helps you maintain a healthy weight. And wine relaxes you. It really does things to make your experience in life, everything that you do after you've had a really good glass of wine feels better. Your existence, because of your relaxation, has now improved. Well, but you know, water relieves your nasal congestion. Well, that's great too. Okay, so let's stop comparing again what a woman can do for a man and what a man can do for a woman. They're absolutely both important. But what wine will do, what a woman can do for a man is actually make his soul a better quality. It's not about survival. It's about being high quality. So ladies, now let's think about this. What we have the power to do, a woman can make a man drunk. Well, not bad wine can make you, it can actually make you sick. Okay, too much wine can kill you, slowly or quickly. A man can't really do the things damaging to women that a woman can do to a man. And one of my other favorite scriptures in the Bible is about how um, a woman can intoxicate a man just with a certain body part just um if you ever want to google that scripture you can say what part of a woman's body can intoxicate a man a scripture okay (laughs) now we all know this men only have enough blood for one head at a time don't we know this ladies okay once a man is aroused by us He actually becomes different. His ability to think is different. Do you know about your power? As a woman, how do you use that kind of power over a man? Water could never do that. Wine could. Okay, well, how about how easily they're irritated by us? They're scared of us. They're constantly worried about us. We can make them crazier than they could ever make us but we could also make them a lot happier than they could ever make us. Women, ask yourselves, how do you wield your power over a man? You can be the best thing in his life or the worst thing that ever happened to him. What do you expect from him? Is what you expect from the man in your life reasonable? And and honestly, are you worth it? Should he give you what you want and what you're asking for? Are you a good return on the investment? One of the best ways to ask yourself that, to determine that, 
How well do you communicate with him? We all know that men are simple creatures. Water is a very simple liquid, okay? How well do you communicate what you want and what you need and what you expect with your man? Do you even care enough to do the work, to take the time? Sometimes it could take hours and it can take a lot of patience or very, very frustrating to explain these things to. Do you take the time and do you have the patience? Do you love him enough to take the time and maintain the patience to communicate effectively with him what you need. Some women, and this is another thing that bothers me about feminism, women get upset. They think a man should know. How in the world is a man supposed to know? Again, very simple, very basic creatures of survival. Okay, they're not going to know things about a woman because they are so different. They're not better than a woman. They're not worse than a woman. They're just different. Communication. Okay. Low maintenance, low yield, high maintenance, high yield. Yes, it's okay for a woman to say, yeah, I need things from you that you will never need from me. But guess what? I give and do and am things to and for you that you are not for me. (laughs) The things that I bring to your life are very different from the things that you bring to mind. Not better, not worse. Again, this isn't about comparing the value. It's just different. And if we are appreciating the different things, the, the wonderful things that we each bring to each other's lives, some things are necessities, some things are luxuries. They both have their places. They both have their values. You know what? Politics has done a whole lot of horrible things. Now, I'm politically neutral because I just don't have the need to participate in social politics. But something that consistently happens in politics, it perpetuates liars and lies because social influence and power change people's perspectives and they compromise their ju- excuse me, their judgment in order to have things like political and social power. One of the most horrible things that happens is the denial of feelings. Well, men and women both have the same social pressure, right? Which is ironic because it's supposedly based on the notion that I don't care what you think. Well, you know what? Actually, nothing could be further from the truth. When we're talking about the feelings that we have and the needs that we have, And we're trying to create this image of, I don't need you. Things like feminism, basically saying, a woman doesn't need a man. Well, a woman does need a man. And a man does need a woman just for different reasons. And if there are certain feelings that need to be communicated, that need to be explained, and that need to be addressed and tended to, denying your feelings, pretending like you don't need things in your life that you don't need people and you don't need certain things from people in your life, it's never going to turn out well. It's never going to make you happy and it's never going to make the other person happy because it goes back to the concept of there's more joy in giving. Think about someone that you love. What would you do 
to create joy in their life? What would you do if you knew that you had the opportunity to give them something to make the quality of their life better? That's what true love is. What is a good relationship worth? Can we even quantify a good relationship? What if I just said to you, okay, here, I have it here in my back pocket. It's a formula. I can hand it to you right now. This is the answer to a good relationship. I, I can guarantee this is going to have results. You will have a good relationship if you what, take this pill or use this formula or enter in this code. How much would you pay? What would you be willing to do or be or give in order to have that and then to maintain it and sustain it? Time, money, energy, thoughts, feelings, be honest with yourself. What really would you be willing to give? The sexual revolution really undermined the value of marriage and people's willingness to do the work and to make the sacrifices that they previously would have. It's always a me first. That's never a good thing. When people date and then they sleep with each other and then they decide if they want to move in together, they move in together and then they create a family. And then, Well, let, let's see if we want to get married. Are you serious? It's actually supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed to get married and move in and then create the sexual relationship. Because you know what? When we have different things going on in our life, we change in that way. Physically, biochemically, mentally, emotionally, our sexuality is really about a lot of different things. When you Would you actually end a relationship with someone because of sexual incompatibility, then you don't really love someone. You are not relationship material. You have to give and you have to be willing to work. Things come, things go, things change, things grow, they improve. Sometimes they worsen. The question is, are you willing to give and do and be first? You need to be worth the investment. That means you have to be willing to do the work. Now, I have this, this article that I wrote on LinkedIn. I write a lot of different articles, just sometimes when I have this urge to express my thoughts. No healthy and strong woman can ever be sexually harassed. That's the title of my article. Okay, so if you're a healthy and strong woman, you will never be sexually harassed. Why? For three reasons. First of all, a woman inherently has more power than a man in a sexual way. Number two, harassment is about how you feel and you can choose to feel any way you want. And number three, only weak men sexually harass women. If a man is weak enough as a soul to truly want to sexually harass someone, he's easily stoppable. A woman just needs to know the tricks of how to stop him in his tracks. So let's look at the first one. A woman inherently has more power than a man in a sexual way. Okay, so that means, let's go look at this from the very beginning. What is a man's greatest weakness? Every man's greatest weakness. Women, period. We, and by that I mean us girls, may not have the same physical strength in a raw way as a man. We may not always have the same social power in certain settings as a man. And we might not always have the same political influence on paper as a man. But 
a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Every man's weakest link, a woman that he loves, that he wants. Well, no, actually women, women just in general. (laughs) The problem is that too many women simply don't know that. They don't understand that no matter what a man can do when he's alone or when he's with other, other men, he becomes incapable of if and or or when a woman inflicts her wiles. A man only has enough blood, again, for one head at a time. Don't we all know this? Yes. Flirting. What, what does that do to a man? Well, how about crying? Or how about getting moody? All of those things immediately incapacitate a man. His brain shuts down and he starts getting lost and confused. We do have power. Women, we always have more power than a man. We cannot be sexually harassed because really, truly, we have more power. Number two, the actual definition of harassment is aggressive pressure or intimidation. Now, this doesn't specify any particular words or behavior as harassment. That means it's subjective. What may be very intimidating to me would make my older sister laugh out loud. And what my husband would think is an act of aggression to me looks clearly like just a desperate cry for attention. It's all in the eye of the beholder. Now, a woman can choose how she decides to interpret a man's behavior. That means that any woman who is truly confident and healthy in herself can choose to do whatever she wants and feels, however she wants. About what was said or done by anybody or anything saying or doing it. Now, she can do whatever she wants. She can feel however she wants. If there's something truly wrong with what was done, then do something about it. Feelings exist in nature only to give you the energy to motivate you to action. So now it's your reactions to your feelings that will determine your success. Maybe what someone did was very inappropriate and you got angry. You absolutely have a right to be angry if they did something inappropriate. Or what if you're genuinely afraid that they could do something to hurt you? Okay, they could, they're threatening your job. They're doing. It's your reaction to your fear or your anger that will determine your success or failure. Okay, so now this brings me to my third point. Only weak men sexually harass women in the first place. Mentally weak, emotionally weak, socially weak. If they were confident, they would never do that because inappropriate behavior is only displayed by inappropriate people. True men with dignity and honor and class don't need to inflict pseudo power in a destructive way by trying to prove to themselves or another woman that they have an ability to do something that they clearly don't because if they did, they would be doing it in a more impressive and legitimate way. Predators go for weak or insecure women because they know that those kind of women won't fight back. If those men, like I said, had true strength, first of all, they wouldn't be predatory. They wouldn't need to be. They would be dignified and mature and respectful. They would be classy and treat a woman with the honor she deserves. There are so many men out there. They do have class and they are mature and dignified and respectful and they show women honor. And those kinds of men are comfortable with a matching of wits. They would even enjoy it with a woman. 
they would be fine knowing that he has met his equal. I just went to lunch with my husband and some of the, the friends that he has, we made lunch for them, burritos. And and they all they're all men. They're Mexican men. And I sat with them and I had great conversation. Yes, I'm a woman. And yes, women are different from men where they come from. But you know what? When I made a quip, when I made a great remark, or when I made a joke, they all laughed because they loved that I was smart and they loved that I was funny and entertaining. And in courtship, which is an actual pursuit of a real intimate relationship, a man, a real man is attracted to a real woman if she's smart and fun and confident and still humble. Yes, you can be all of those things at the same time. Contrary to popular American opinion, you don't have to be arrogant in order to be confident. Now, if a man said or did something that was sexually aggressive or intimidating, all a woman would have to do is three basic things. First, look at him the same way you'd look at a five-year-old trying to hide the ice cream under their covers and say, you're not serious, are you? Because that, that, that is a joke. Okay. Second, if you responded aggressively to that, just take a step back and say, wow, you're really freaking out right now, aren't you? That would stop him, seriously, unless he's got some serious mental and some serious emotional problems and he keeps going. You know what? Laugh out loud in his face because you know that inherently he is a weak soul. But if then he have to keep going, then say, it's okay. I understand you're having a hard time and I won't hold it against you. Don't worry. I won't tell anyone what you've done. It'll just be our little secret. Then walk away. Completely dignified with your head held high. You don't need to start a fight and you don't need to be intimidated. You have just castrated him because what you've said is I'm strong and I'm healthy and I'm happy and you aren't going to take that away from me. That brings me to my final point. Too many people in this country are just looking for a fight. Feminism has created a perpetual fight. Men are the enemy. Women are the competition for women, especially for attention and money. I don't think that most of the men who are accused of sexual harassment in this country have actually done something predatory. They've just irritated a woman and she doesn't know how to effectively communicate with him in order to stop him from that behavior. But you know what? That's just as much her fault as it is his. And it's very much her problem. Feminism has created the illusion that women are equal to men, but then they still want to be treated like a woman. You cannot have it both ways. Are you worth a good man? Are you a vintage wine? Can you confidently say that you're worth what you're asking for? You know what? Would you want to be with you if you were a man? Well, how about men? Do you deserve a woman that stimulates you and brings you pleasure? Or do you create bitterness in the love of your life? Are you like toxic water that creates illness and needs to be thrown out or puked out? Well, let's go down the list and just see three. Three things that are deal breakers, okay? Too many people concede to things in other people in the opposite sex that are absolutely not acceptable, ever. They're destructive and never appropriate for any relationship in any way. If you or someone that you are with does the following things, it's time to end the relationship, period. 
The first one, disrespect. Respect is a noun and it's a verb. It's about honor and dignity and value, not only in the way you see someone and think of them, but the way you genuinely feel about them and the way you treat them. Things like name calling are never acceptable, ever. If you're with someone who calls you names, you need to end the relationship. If you call people names, you have some growing up to do. Or embarrassing them, especially in public, is an absolute deal breaker. Personally, humiliating people is never excusable. Anything that needs to be said can be said in a way that does not hurt people's feelings. And genuine respect, again, is not just about what you do. It's about how you feel. You need to feel true respect for others, and they need to sincerely feel respect for you. Are you someone respectable? And are you respectful? The second one, dishonesty. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth is an absolute essential. It's the only way conflict can be prevented and solved. And when someone is knowingly withholding information from another person, they are provoking conflict. It's not a matter of if conflict will happen. It's all about when. You always have to be completely honest with people. You just need to do it in a respectful way, like the previous point. Number three, selfishness. That's a deal breaker. Genuinely caring about yourself more than the other person is an indication that you are not relationship material. Love is vital to a relationship, but different kinds of love confuse people. Agape is a principle that you have to live by as a soul in order to be relationship material. I don't care if you're with the right person. If you are not the right person for a relationship, the perfect soulmate is not going to make up for your deficiency as a soul. Are you ready to be the best person for someone else that they deserve? Are you ready for something amazing in your life? Only you really know that. My name is Gabrielle Cardona. Thank you for listening to the show today. We'll be back here at the same time, same place on BBS Radio next week. Take care of yourself and remember what relationships are all about. Separately as well as together, it's all about what's yours, what's mine, and what's ours.